Hey, what's up everybody and welcome back to That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host Michael and this episode is Beginner Tip 35, where we will discuss five common run technique mistakes. But first, big thanks to our sponsors that bring this show to you every week. First, we have Precision Hydration that you can find on precisionhydration.com. I want to send a big, big shout out and congratulations to Andy Blow, founder of Precision Hydration, who just competed and completed in the Ötile Swim Run World Championships in Sweden, together with Paul Newsom from Swim Smooth. They finished the 75-kilometer course that was 10 kilometers of swimming, roughly, and 65 kilometers of trail running in 9 hours and 4 minutes, and that made them the 32nd overall team out of 160. And this is the World Championship, so you have to qualify there. These guys and girls are the best of the best when it comes to swim run. And the race itself is extreme. It places very high demands on nutrition and hydration, and uh, the fact that Ötile has used and is using precision hydration, they have selected pH as their hydration supplier of choice, that speaks volumes to the fact that when hydration is of great importance, precision hydration is a brand that you can count on and you can trust to bring you the best products possible. And uh, if you want to know what sort of electrolyte needs you have, you may not be racing the Ötile anytime soon, but uh, in training and in racing, you still might need electrolytes. So definitely go to precisionhydration.com, take their free online sweat test. It's also linked to in the episode description, and you can get your personal hydration strategy for free. And if you want to buy their products, use the promo code DATTRIATHLONSHOW, all one word, all caps, to get the first box for free. And big thank you to Roka. I just raced in the Finnish National Championships, and uh, the race course is one that I've now competed on four times. And every year up until now, I found the swim a challenge with the sun being very bright but very low in the morning and right in your eyes and uh, the buoys aren't always easy to spot with uh, them being orange and we have as a backdrop reddish uh, granite cliffs so that can be a bit of a challenge but this year was different and the thing that was different was that i was using the roca r1 goggles well, first of all, they were great at spotting the buoys. I used the dark gray mirror, which worked perfectly in those light conditions. But Roka have different uh, colors, different tints for all sorts of conditions. And they are all brilliant, really. So that worked perfectly. But the other thing that was really, really good was that with the R1 goggles, you really have to lift your head only minimally to sight because they have that sort of design in the goggles that that you can just very briefly tilt your head a little bit and you will see what's in front of you so i could sight faster i could sight with less effort and that worked great it worked for me to have a good swim a surprisingly good swim actually and uh, i was very happy with that and uh, i attribute uh, part of that of course to the equipment that i had including the roca r1 goggles and if you want to get any Roka products, including the goggles or wetsuits, trisuits, swimsuits, buoyancy shorts, sunglasses, they are great as well, by the way. I used them for the first time, actually, in the days before the race and then in the race itself. Use the promo code DATTRIATHLONSHOW, all one word, all caps, to get 20% off your entire order on roka.com. All right, so on to the episode. 
last week we talked about uh, the five common bike technique mistakes that beginners make and uh, the week before about swim technique mistakes and this is uh, sorry i will actually talk about six um, run technique mistakes and uh, not five i missed one in my listing anyway those are one not getting a yearly assessment by a physiotherapist two overstriding three sitting down into each step and letting your pelvis sink four not having good arm action five tensing up and six not breathing well so let's start with number one not getting a yearly assessment by a physiotherapist so you really need to find your limiters in any sport in any discipline in any pursuit in life if you are to be able to improve on what you're doing and in running when it comes to running an at least yearly visit to the physio to do like a functional movement screen, general range of motion assessments and mobility assessments, as well as assessments of functional strength is crucial. If your hip mobility, for example, is very poor, your best bet for improving your running is not probably to do a lot of hard workouts, but you can get a lot of free speed by actually improving that hip mobility without getting any fitter at all. Or if your physio asks you to do a glute bridge, and when you do that glute bridge, you feel your hamstrings and your calves screaming at you, but not your glutes. That means that uh, the glutes aren't doing the job they're supposed to do. They're not activating. And this, believe me, is very common. This means that you most likely have some neuromuscular reprogramming to do to get those glutes involved. And again, this is not something you can do by just running hard, running to specific paces or heart rate. This is something you need to do with specific work, and this is something that the assessment by the physio is so critical for. They will set you up with the right the right program, the right training to do to make the most out of these limiters that they find through this assessment. This isn't something that I recommend that you do yourself. You, there are, you can Google functional movement screens, etc., and you'll find it on the internet. I know that uh, some of you will do it, but... I encourage you to go and seek out an expert because even if you do the screen yourself, knowing exactly why you're limited by something is something that you need to have a lot of experience and education to be able to do. You should have a good endurance sports oriented physio in your support team. And the number one mistake when it comes to running form is to not go and see that expert on at least a yearly basis, whether you're injured or not. But as a quick Tip, usually the most common limiters here are what I already mentioned, hip mobility and glute activation or strengthening that need to needs to happen. So mistake number two is overstriding. If you overstride, that simply means that you are braking with every single step. You're landing with your foot reached out in front of you. It's not right underneath your hip. And uh, this means since you're braking, you're not only by definition do you lose speed when you're braking, but you also have to use more force, more energy each and every step because when you lose speed, you need to accelerate back up. And acceleration takes a lot more energy than just keeping a given speed going. So it's highly efficient, inefficient to overstride. Make sure instead that your foot lands right underneath your hip have somebody film you from the side on their smartphone 
If you want to use an app like Huddle Technique, that's H-U-D-L Technique, it's free and there you can watch in frame by frame in uh, the replays and it will make it really easy to see where you land. You can draw lines, etc. So it's it's quite cool. And uh, do this. Uh, do get somebody to film you because many people think that they do land underneath their hip, but in reality, they may be even severely overstriding. So uh, what we perceive is not always reality. By the way, in addition to the braking and losing speed that I mentioned and unnecessary inner energy wasted, uh, the impact forces that are sent through the muscles and the bone with each step if you are overstriding greatly increases your risk of injury. And this is something that there have been a lot of cool, uh, interesting studies done on how much the in- impact forces increase when you overstride. And overstriding is one of the main predictors of injury that has been shown in several studies. So mistake number three is to sitting into each step, letting your pelvis sink. If you look at a very good runner run, for example, in slow motion and uh, and you can if you use a program like Huddle Technique that I already mentioned, you can draw a line, a straight line, horizontal line that is parallel to the ground at the level of their pelvis. And uh, when you see them run, and if you have imagined that line staying there, you will also see that their pelvis stays more or less right on that line throughout their stride cycle. When you, however, look at less proficient runners, each time that uh, a foot hits the ground their pelvis will drop way below this line. And this is what I mean by sitting into the step and, uh, and letting, your, letting your pelvis sink. So this is something that you want to avoid. Uh, you don't want to be sitting down into the step. It's almost like you're cushioning the landing that way. But that's not something that you want to do. Because what happens then is that you lose all the elastic recoil effect that the very good runner gets. Uh, it it may actually sound like they're running like they're there's a lot of noise with each step almost because they're they're landing quite hard it sounds like they're landing hard but what that means is that they get free energy back from the ground they're bouncing right back up with that elastic recoil that is free speed that they don't have to work for at all the best practical way to prevent this sitting into your step from happening is to focus on running tall throughout your body not just your head So keep a good, strong posture. Do keep your head up, that's very important. But also engage your hip and glute muscles to get that pelvis up. Focus on that, getting that pelvis. I I like to think about keeping my pelvis up and forward throughout the stride cycle and not sitting into the step. And this is something that, yes, I do need to actively focus on. So so it's not easy and you need to work to get this to really, uh, to be really proficient at this. Uh, But uh, with regards to the head, because that's an important point here as well, look forward and not down. Because what happens if you look forward is that it will help you engage those glutes to keep the pelvis up. Because when you look forward, you will activate your entire posterior chain from the neck through the spine down to the glutes much more effectively. But if you're slumping forward or down with the head, then that doesn't require any posterior chain work. And then you are also much more likely to sit into each step. All right, mistake number five is not having good arm action. So this one is fairly simple in theory. Of course, it takes a lot of work and a lot of practice to get it to work in uh, in real life. But what you want to do here, what you want to aim for is to run 
with a good arm drive and driving from the elbows specifically, get your elbows back each arm swing. It's uh, easy to focus too much on getting your arms forward. I think that most good runners, and this is how I coach running as well, is to focus on driving back with your elbows with each arm swing. Have a 90 degree bend at the elbow, roughly 90 degrees, and uh, do not cross over left or right when uh, with your arm swing. Don't start uh, start start driving towards the other side of uh, of your body with your arms. This is something that you see a lot in runners in general, in beginner runners in particular. Just drive back and forth, back and forth, straight backwards and forwards. And of course, you need to have a good rhythm. This should be in sync with your with your steps, with your legs, and also with your breathing. And then it will all work in in synchrony and it will all be that much more effective. Mistake number five is tensing up. And I talked about this already in last episode about cycling. So uh, I'll refer to that one to get some more details. But uh, just to recap, especially when working hard, it's easy to tense up in muscles that actually don't need to be tense that aren't really involved in running in that way so for example in running your hands cheek neck shoulders and arms may become tense and any unnecessary tension is wasted energy because it is a muscle contraction at the end of the day and therefore it requires energy that could instead go to driving your legs which is which would be more beneficial than clenching your jaw or something like that. But listen to last week's episode for more details, but uh, this is mistake number five, to be tense in body parts that should not be tense. And mistake number six, again, this is something that we talked about for cycling as well, not breathing well, so listening to the last episode for details, but uh, you should be aware of how you're breathing and check in next time you go run and see if you're actually skipping breaths or breathing inefficiently and irregularly when you're running. If you are, it may be related to unnecessary tensions, uh, but uh, try to use your the rhythm of your legs and the rhythm of your arms and uh, work your breathing into that rhythm. So, of course, this will depend on how hard you're running. If you're running very hard, you may breathe in on one step and breathe out on the next, whereas if you're running at a more at an easier pace, then you may be breathing in, inhaling on on two steps and and exhaling on two steps or something like that. Just make sure that you have a rhythm that works in tandem and in synchrony with your legs and your arms. All right, so I mentioned already the related episode that was uh, about cycling, so beginner tip 34, five common run technique mistakes. Some other related episodes would be beginner tip five, getting started with run training. And I have a page on my website where you can find all running related that triathlon show episodes on a single page. Uh, I'll link to that in the episode description, or you can go to scientifictriathlon.com, scroll to the, or click on the menu item, popular topics. And underneath that, you'll have running and go to that page. And some of the ones episodes that I would recommend in terms of running form and running technique would be episode 136 the new science of running form 116 running form and the search for common ground among top coaches researchers physicians and physical therapists with jonathan beverly episodes 110 through 111 running form biomechanics shoes and myths with uh, thomas hughes and episode 45 dysfunctional movement patterns injuries and reduced performance with james dunn 
All right, so that's about it. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found it useful. If you like the podcast, please help spread the word, help grow the podcast by sharing it with your triathlon friends and your endurance sports friends in general. Any runner that you know that isn't necessarily a triathlete, I sure would would appreciate hearing about this particular episode. So do go out and share this podcast. It really is uh, a massive help and it means a lot when you do that. Big thanks to our sponsors, Roka, that you can find on roka.com. They are the world's premium triathlon apparel brand with wetsuits, dry suits, sunglasses, goggles, swim skins, etc. And you can find them on roka.com and you can use the discount code DEATHTRIATHLONSHOW, all one word, all caps, to get 20% off your entire order. And big thanks to Precision Hydration that you can find on precisionhydration.com. You can take your free online sweat test to learn how much electrolytes you need to consume in training and racing, taking into consideration what your race goals are and your individual sweat rate and sweat sodium content. And then you can use the promo code Show, all one word, all caps, to get your first box of electrolytes from Precision Hydration for free. Thank you, as always, for listening. Keep training smart and keep loving triathlon.